Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Black Girl Coffee Shop, where we sip coffee and not tea. So, <clears throat> I would like to thank everybody who's been listening to my podcast. Um, my last episode was probably a week ago, um, and I enjoyed doing that episode. It was nice to have somebody on. Um, I hope everybody who listened to it took something away from it or you know, told a friend who maybe wanted needed to hear it or, you know, was enlightened just by, you know, military life, female military life, being a black female in the military and from a different perspective. Because everybody's, um, everybody's experience is not the same. That's only one person's experience. So I don't want anybody to uh, feel like, you know, as if we're speaking negative, it's only their personal experience. So um, that I really enjoyed doing that and being able to um, set up a platform for people to tell their stories, whatever that may be. So today's episode is probably not going to be that long, but so over the last week, I haven't felt really inspired to actually record an episode because, and I've been, I was doing like back-to-back episodes or, you know, whenever I felt like it or, you know, keeping them, keeping them up continuously, but I was like, Last night, I was talking to my little sister, and I was like, I think I'm going to take a break because I don't really have anything to say, and I'm not feeling real inspired at the moment, and um, all that jazz. So yesterday, we were at work. Yesterday, I was at work, and one of the male NCOs, we were like, you know, in the office talking or whatever, and he was saying, like, uh, you're in charge of your own happiness. You're in charge of your own happiness, and you may have to deal with um, toxic environments, toxic people, a whole damn toxic place. But at the same time, you're in charge of how you come out of it. And it, it, on one hand, I can see what he's saying because it's kind of true, but at the same time, it's like, if you kind of like, I see what he's saying and you might go into a situation, I've been in different situations. Sometimes I'm already going through stuff and I'll go to work and then you just be like, yo, this is more extra drama on top of extra drama. And you know what I'm saying? So there's no safe haven anywhere. Or you can go to work and be, I've I've had this happen where I go to work and I'm happy-go-lucky and, you know, just, you know, full of happiness, joy, whatever. And somebody will try to suck your joy from you, try to suck your happiness out of you and negativity will try to bog you down and creep up inside, you know, your mind and everything. So he basically was saying, like, it's your decision on how you take what you take from the conversations, what you take from people, what you take from um, certain scenarios. And so at this point, the reason we were talking about this, because I, for the last shoot, for the last almost what, six months to a year, I've had issues at work. Like I've been having issues at work like. Uh, and. Some days I can deal with it, and some days I'm like, you know, this is like, really? And um, it, it would, like, on some levels, I would, let, I would let it take control and let it bring me down and let it take over my body because nobody wants to go to work and deal with a whole bunch of drama. Like, it, it's very annoying. It's very annoying. And I like, and like I said, I'm a Libra. And I've probably said that on every single podcast, and I'll continue to say because I'm proud. Just like, you know, most of the Scorpios out there are proud of them being Scorpios and whatnot, but whatever. Um, I like to be very, like, 
calm. I like everything to be cool. I like everything just to be peaceful, if possible. I'm not saying you're going to like me. I'm not saying I'm going to like you. I, we, our whole aura, our, our whole, like, chemistry may not mix. But if I can come to work and engage on the professional level, the people that, you know, and have a couple laughs, do our job, and go home, I'm good. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, for the people that I don't vibe with, I'm fine with you staying over there and me staying over here. If we have something professionally that we need to talk about, we put all the nonsense to the side and we talk about whatever it is professional that we need to talk about because it doesn't bother me like on that type of level. But for the last year, I've been dealing with nonsense and I've been dealing with negativity, like the most negativity I've ever dealt with in the army. And it put me in this place where I was like, I want to get out of the military. Like, I want to get out. I'm done. Like, if this is what it's going to be, because I had never experienced this level of negativity in the seven years that I've been in or prior to that, you know, five years, whatever, how long I've been stationed here. I'd never experienced that. And maybe I live in a maybe I live in La La Land. But the the, the, the duty stations that I had prior, there was there was more cohesion. And even if there was toxic toxicness, toxic leadership, it wasn't. There was so much positivity that it overshadowed the negativity. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's where I want to reside. That's where I want to, like, I don't know. It's, it's just difficult. And seeing things that are negative, seeing things that are wrong, people doing stuff wrong, leadership, that's terrible. And I just feel like, so I just feel like, okay, I was given a couple options on how to resolve the issue on, on like how to how to put myself in a better place because the the negativity and the toxic toxicity had gotten so bad that I had to you know try to save myself from the negativity, but I was given a couple options on you know how how can I how can this be alleviated you know what I'm saying I had to take this up with you know higher leadership in order to get this stuff taken care of because who wants to live in a negative space for a year. You know what I'm saying? And it, it was almost two years of almost. So the first year wasn't as bad, but it just got worse over time. And it's like, wow, like who who wants to live, who wants to work in this type of environment? And don't get me wrong. Like I'm 32 years old. I've worked other jobs outside the military and um, I've been in toxic environments before. And I felt like, OK, in life, you're going to go through things and um, it's going to make you stronger because I had been through those before. I joined the military and I've been fine. And then they got me to this, this place. So I just figured, okay, what I had gone through before was only getting me ready for this situation. And, and at that time when I was outside the military, my mom was actually HR. So I worked for my mom and I wanted to leave and I wanted to quit and I hated the toxic environment. And she told me no. And I was like, no. And she said, no, because she didn't want me to feel like you can just, every time you don't like something, you just give up. Like you just let it go. And I had, that has stuck with me. You know what I'm saying? When I got here and I started seeing how things were corrupt, I hate to say that. I don't know. Like, maybe I shouldn't say that, but how things are so toxic. And um, that kind of stuck with me. And I was like, I'm going to push through. I'm going to push through. But when you have life coming at you, life hitting you in situations, life just trying to knock you down. And um, yeah, you, you got to have that, that level of resiliency. You got to pray and you got to, you know, ask God to cover you and all that type of stuff. I get it. But 
at what point does it come from do you stand up and push through or do you remove yourself from the situation and it's from a mentally draining situation so that's not where I'm like that's kind of where I'm at but not not specifically like not not actually it's just trying to make the best move for myself and do the right thing for myself and just like uh, so at this point I have 90 days I have 90 days um I'll be leaving this duty station pretty soon headed to my next duty station I'm guarded right now so that's how I feel right now I'm guarded as far as my next duty station but I'm also optimistic that that makes that that can go together at any type of in any way so I'm guarded but I'm optimistic that things will be better and this is not this is not the army that I'm used to. This is not the military that I'm used to. Like I, I, I never, and not to say those, those, those five years prior were like roses or anything like that. No, I, I, there was definitely issues, but there was so much positivity. It overshadowed any type of negativity. God had placed so many like good people in my space that it counteracted any negativity that would even try to shine. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you get to that point, like, do I push through or do I remove myself from the situation? And is this, is this situation, it, it, by me pushing through, is that going to set me up for the strength that God has me, that hasn't, hasn't store for me? Like, cause I feel like the mind is the same thing as like the muscle. So if you, if you start running, right? So if you're a runner, no, let's say you've never run. You never ran anywhere. You've never done anything. You start running, right? You do like a half a mile. Like, dang, I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. I don't run. And then, you know, you start doing the half a mile and then you get to a mile, then you get to two miles and then you're just like a runner. You know what I'm saying? So you developed yourself. So is this, is this going to help me in the long run? Is this, this mental willpower, this mental, um, going to help me in the, in the long run? Like, if that makes sense. Or am I or am I causing myself undue harm is where I'm at. Am I causing myself to stay in an environment that is terrible? Or do I push through, know that whatever will come out, whatever don't come out in the wash will come out in the rinse. And continue to do and push through what I need. You know what I'm saying? Just pushing through. And it's like I don't know, because I don't. I'm the type of person where I don't think anything happens on accident. I think everything is designed. It's almost like those cartoon cartoon books where you flip through the book and you see how the the characters and stuff move and stuff like that. I feel like everything happens for a reason. Everything is set in motion for a reason to get to this actual space. And I feel like me being in the military from when I was a private and when I first thought things were so challenging and I first thought things were so you know like I remember you know. The person that was in charge of me asked me to do something and it would just be like, I don't understand. And it would cause me so much franticness and stuff like that. And looking at it, looking back on it now, you know what I'm saying? I've been, I've been, you know, in places with blizzards. I've been in the hottest weather of 120 degrees, you know, in Afghanistan, pushing through things that you never thought you could push through, but you made it. You know what I'm saying? When they first told me that I was deploying and I'm going to Afghanistan and I had just came into the army. No way. I was ready to cry. I was ready to like, what? Like, how is this possible? I just got in the military. I just felt some type of way. But when I came home and they sang that, that, that song, 
um, that comes on that they play in all the ceremonies, I felt good. I felt good. And I have, I have been through something that I would say a lot of people in the military have deployed, but right now deployments are not rapid. So people are often ask me questions about my deployment. It has developed me in a sense, a sense of, um, my thought process. Cause if you would ask me in 2010 or 2009, would I be doing X, Y, Z, or would I have the mental capacity to do certain things that I've done? No, I would have said no. I would have said no. So I don't know. I'm just like, or am I on the side of don't let this play, don't let this situation drain you of life. Don't let this situation bring you down. Don't let this situation remove yourself from this toxic environment. Remove yourself from this, remove yourself from that. And I have spoken to people and they're supposed they're supposedly working on the situation, supposedly working on the situation. I'm just like, you know what? I'm sitting down making a list of this, making a list of that, making a list of, you know, checks and balances. And like, can we push through these 90 days? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not the type of person to cause a ruckus for no reason. You know how, like, I know whether you're in the military or you're in corporate, you know, some people just want to cause a situation just because I have no idea. I'm cool. As long as you don't try to play me. As long as everybody's on the same board, as long as everybody's being treated the same. And I'm not the type of person that can't be corrected. Because if you you correct me, you write me up, you da-da-da-da-da. First of all, make sure I got my stuff done or I got my situation handled so I don't have to be corrected. So I don't have to be written up. So that way, when it comes to my name, it's just like, oh, she's good. Like, you know what I mean? I don't need no, I don't, I don't like all that extra. But when I see things are not correct, that's when I feel some type of way. But I, I can't. And as much as as mad as I get, or as you know, as mad as the situation I might get, I'm I'm the type of person I have to think, because I can't go off half cocked because it might leave you in the it might leave you in the worst predicament than you started off with. So <laughs> that's the type of person I am, and, and it, it's not for everybody. Everybody don't understand it. Everybody don't you know what I'm saying understand me. But I'm the type of person where I have to seriously sit down and weigh my checks and balances on certain situations before I go off half cocked. I have to make sure that everything I say, everything I do is backed up substantially. And I just don't like to go off like, cause when I, when I do say, cause I don't go off and say things often. So when I, when people do hear me say stuff or something does need to be addressed, they're like, well, what's going on? There must be something going on because this person doesn't even, you know what I'm saying? Have that, you know, she's chill. And that's how I like to live life. Like, do what you got to do, earn your keep and take care of your business. So, but getting back to that, like, if I decide that I'm going to push through these 90 days, and like I said, there are people working on it. This, this, this problem has been um, put out there. There's been, like I said, there's people working on it. I don't want to give out too, too much information, but I'm thinking like, am I, do I have the willpower to push through these 90 days? Am I going to come out? victorious after these 90 days, not even 90, probably like 80. Cause you know, I got to clear and all that type of stuff. You got to clear everything. So, or am I going to do myself more harm and endure more days of being angry? Endure more days of being angry or going through stuff or do I need to change? And what he was saying yesterday is like, happiness, whatever, joy, giving yourself, putting yourself in that space. And maybe all this time that I have allowed people to take my, uh, 
control my feelings because there were more more than not more than half of the days of the week I'm leaving work and I'm upset. I leave work and I'm like I'm calling somebody to cuss because I need to vent because this that and X Y Z. And I'm not saying that that's not reality. And you know what I'm saying like all oh, you need to be an adult, but almost every day you gotta call somebody and vent because something is crooked and corrupt in the place you work. That's not normal. So like. You know, where you go from there. And like I said, the the I've never been the type of person to just be like, oh, I'm done, I'm done, you know what I'm saying? Like, but when you got so I've already I've already done podcasts on on the situation. So I do have some level, they're still trying to figure it out, but I took I have some level of PTSD. And it took me a long time to actually say that I have some level of PTSD. So we got that at the bottom layer. I have the passing of my grandmother. And then just recently I have the passing of my cousin-in-law. So if you take all that stuff and then you sprinkle a toxic work environment on top of that. Wow, bro. Like that, that's that's what's causing. And maybe I didn't. I, I should have said that from the beginning. So that way people understand it. Because people are like, well, why is she just crying about um being in a, a crazy work environment, you know, the people at McDonald's have to deal with um, crazy workers, you know what I'm saying? Or crazy uh, customers. She should just suck it up. So you take all that and you put that on a plate and you got to eat that every day. So like, and don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here just not dealing with whatever I got going on. I have, um, I go to my counselor or my PTSD um, my grandmother, that's a day, every day situation that I am trying to, um, conduct myself and live and conduct myself to conduct myself in a manner that she would be proud of and allow myself to feel however I feel that day. And, um, cause with my grandma, my grandma, people were like, oh, well, it's just your grandma. It should be all right. You know, da, 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 da. Okay, so I'm a daddyless daughter. Okay, so let's. I just want to put this out there real quick. I'm a daddyless daughter. So when you talk about my grandma, my grandma was like my dad. So that place where you have, you know, people have the two parents. My that was my mom and my grandma. So to feel how I feel, imagine if your daddy died. Imagine if your dad died. So that would be the that's the equivalent. It's not just like some people have a don't have a, a close relationship with their grandmother or people. Some people don't think of it like that. Some people are just cold hearted. I don't know. But that's how it had that's how it affected me. So I'm still dealing with that whole situation like um the best we can. And then we we talk about it a lot more in the family. Uh that just happened in March. And then the situation with my cousin, I'm not gonna talk about, but my cousin in law, but he was a relatively young man, so that can't even really be kinda explained. Like you can kinda deal with the fact that my grandmother was an older woman and you can kinda manipulate that in your brain but my cousin-in-law is like bruh but when you take uh you put all that on a plate and you want me to eat it every day and then you sprinkle toxic a work environment on top of that bruh like you know what i'm saying and like in my last podcast they want me to be an angry woman like they want me to be an angry black woman i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna give them that so that's why i had thought about if i need to remove myself from this work environment for these 90 days or do I push through these 90 days? And that's where I'm at. 
because I'm ready to pack up all my stuff, get me on some type of plane, helicopter, <laughs> I said helicopter, camel, horse, boat, train, I don't give a damn, and get the hell up out of here and never look back. The day that they come and pick up my stuff, transportation comes pick up my stuff, that'll be a very happy day for me. You know what I'm saying? And I don't feel like if I do decide to vacate um, this, this, this place where I work with this toxic leadership and I decide to be moved to another space, I don't feel like I'm coming up weak. I don't feel like I'm coming up short. I just make sure that I'm not going to another toxic environment. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man. And that's why, like, I'm really on the fence on whether or not I even want to stay in the Army. Like, I do have, I did just re-enlist. I do have more time um, in another place. But I'm just, like I said, I'm guarded. And, but I'm optimistic. I have to be because I got three more years. <laughs> but this is where I'm at. This is, like, the stuff that was on my chest. Like, I'm, I, I can't hold stuff that's on my chest. And, like, even though, like, yeah, this was just on my heart. Like, it's all over the place, and I hate. And then you know, I'm a Libra. Sometimes we're indecisive. You want to make you want to make sure you make the right decision because you make the wrong one. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not the type of person to rush to a rush to. In some, I'm not the type of person in some predicaments where I, if I know that I have time to make a decision, to sit down and make a decision, I will take that time to make that decision. I can't go off half cocked because I don't work like that. So, um, but I do want to, but I, I do believe that the guy at work, we was in a, you know, in the office talking and he was saying like, you do have the, um, we are in control of our own feelings, our own happiness. It depends on how much you take in. So maybe the next time I work, I'm challenging myself to see how much I take in. I've been doing very fine since, um, I've returned to this place, but just knowing how much I'm going to take in, like knowing that, you know what I'm saying? Like what tasking you give me, do my tasking and just knowing how much I'm going to take in, how much I'm going to like let something control me almost, you know, and, and then continue to deal with the, you know, that plate of stuff that I'm dealing with at the same time. So like I said, I still have the time to decide on whether or not what I want to do as far as what I'm going to do for these 90 days. Um, but yeah, I still have time to decide what I'm gonna do for these 90 days. You know, so I don't know. I felt like I just needed to get that out, and I don't know. So it's pretty cool. But I also wanted to talk about um, I think I'll maybe I don't know. I don't know. Like, I also want to talk about vision. Vision and, like, where you see. Because, like, I'm so. I have, co- like, the conflicting visions, right? So, I. I don't know. So, I don't know how to say this. So, I have things that I want to do. I have things that I have lined up as far as uh, what I want to do as a professional. I want to own my own business. I want to own my own business. I'm in the military and I want to own my own business. Um, 
I feel like there's so many things that I want to do. Like, I, and I had to like start pushing towards the things as far as coming up with my business plan. Um, I bought, I bought a binder to start putting my business plan together, but I have yet to start putting it together. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I don't know. And I, I take, I have, I have nothing but respect for the military. I have nothing but respect, but how do I, how do I do what feeds my soul and then do what feeds me as far as, you know, finances me as far as that's what the military does. They finance me. And I know that me owning this owning my business is going to feed my soul because this is what I've wanted since 2013, 14. And then every time I feel like I'm getting sidetracked, my mom will remind me like, Oh, you, you start doing this for your business. Or I got, I went to the store and I bought this stuff that you could use for your business, stuff like that. Like that's the only person that will remind me like this. Remember your, remember what feeds you, you know what I'm saying? And I see the vision of, of this business. I see it in my head. I had to get it onto paper. Even my little sister, she's like, you come up with a vision plan. You come up with a vision board. You come up with what's your business plan. Like, and I'm like, I don't know why I'm stalling. Like, I don't know. And I know it, even speaking about it, give me some type of, um, you know, rush. That is what I, that is what I want to do. And I have so many different things. Like my, I'm in the military. I want to start my business. I want to adopt children. You know what I'm saying? I want to adopt children. I want to be a humanitarian. I want to help. I want to help the homeless. I want to help people. Like there's nothing worse to me than being hungry and cold. Like that is like, and maybe I, I empathize with people a lot. I can, and then people, I hate when they see like homeless people and they're like, oh, well, um, he put himself in that predicament or He's probably just a crackhead or he's probably just drunk. And I'm like, who are you to judge somebody? There are people that are out here on drugs. There are people that are drunk. There are people that have, you know, done the most. But who are you to judge somebody? At the end of the day, if he's on drugs or he's on uh, drinking it or whatever, he's still cold. He still wants food and he still has to nourish his body. So if there's a way that you can provide, you know, nourishment and um, water, you know what I'm saying, for them, I don't see what the big deal is. Because even if even if you feeding somebody, even if you're feeding a person, you're giving them, you know, a meal, and you're giving them a cup of water and they decide they want to go back on the street and shoot up and they want to go back on the street and drink a bottle. You know what I'm saying? At least you've done something. You gave them that meal that they don't need to go looking for, because no matter how much you drink or how much you smoke, you're still hungry. You're still going to be cold. Like, I mean, I, I've been in situations where my feet have been especially not not like um, homeless situations, but being in the military and being in the field and you're working, you know what I'm saying? You might be working and then it's the snow and then you got on socks and then your feet get wet and then you're still working and then like your feet are freezing. The army always says, make sure you take care of your feet and your hands because once those go, you're done. But I'm saying, imagine not, I can go and change my socks. I can go and change my boots, but there's people out there that are freezing. There's people out there that are hungry that can't go out there and just change their socks. And I know people are going to say, well, they've done it to themselves. We all do things to ourselves. That's probably not the best thing. But I'm sure somebody was out there to help you. So I do want to be, I, I have this urge, and I did it last year where I, um, at my uh, my work, at my place of duty, where I, I created um, a uh, fundraiser, kind of like a fundraiser or whatever, where people brought in coats. You brought in coats and clothes and personal hygiene. You know what I'm saying? Because the best thing in the, the best thing in the world to me, especially, 
being an army and, you know, you might be in a situation where you can't shower. And that's like, I feel like that's like the most terrible feeling to be dirty. And then when you do take that shower, you feel good. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, or when you do brush your teeth, that feels good. So to give somebody that feeling, that's why I was, I think I was aimed towards, last year was aimed towards coats, um, clothing, clean clothes, sweatpants, t-shirts, and like dental hygiene, personal hygiene products. And I, I got, I got like a nice amount of stuff, but I'm trying to, I'm wrestling with the fact of like, should I do it again this year? Even though the place I work is toxic as hell, but is it about me? You know what I'm saying? So those are things that, those are things that feed my soul. Like those are the things that feed my soul. I know a lot of people, a lot of other people think, oh, I want to give me a whip. I want to give me this. I want to get me that. I want to, and I'm not knocking nobody. And I used to be getting my nails done with all different shades of colors. And I was doing all this type of stuff, but that no longer serves me. That no longer feeds my soul. Like I would like to adopt children and take somebody who was given away or was taken away and give them everything that they deserve. You know what I'm saying? And I would like to help people who need help and to open my business. Those are my dreams. Those are the things that I want to do. Like those are things that feed my soul. So we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep pushing. I'm going to turn this. Maybe you got to speak it into and people are like, well, don't speak what you want to do out into the air. Cause you got people that's hating. First of all, if God is on my side, I don't care who is trying. So you can try all you want and to say whatever you want, but it is what it is. Um, these are just some thoughts that I was having. Like I was literally about to make me a salad and I was like, you know what? Let me record the episode real quick because you know, but it's just, those are some of my things that I want to do and to adopt children from, and it's, I don't know. I think what, what has me in a, in a tizzy, what things that have me in conflict conflicted is because being able to do all those things and still be in the army to still be in the military and be able to own your own business, adopt children and um, be a humanitarian and give back to people that need help. Like, how does that all that go together? Like, I'm like, and it's like, well, maybe, and I think to myself, I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'll just, you know, I'll just do this and I'll just own my business and then I can still be in the military and then go reserves. And, or maybe I can just be in the military and then I can adopt children. But then I've had people say to me, well, you're going to adopt children, but you're in the military. So what if you get deployed? You're really doing them a disservice. I had somebody at work say this to me. He, not in a negative way, but he was talking like, he, I like people that's going to challenge what I say. I like somebody that's going to be like, well, look, have me look at it from a different perspective. And they're like, how are you going to adopt children? And then you're going to get deployed for however many months. If you, if you get deployed and you have kids, you're doing them a disservice. And I'm like, that, that's, that's kind of... Um, I mean, that's how he sees it. I can understand that because, you know, it's like, damn, this lady just adopted me, but now she's gone overseas and she's not coming back for like, what, six, nine months and blah, blah, blah. But I still feel like there's there's a lot of kids and a lot of military kids, right? Some of them are dual military. Some of them are just one spouse in the military. And they're probably having a a pretty good life. They probably wake up early as heck in the morning, but they're probably having a pretty good life versus being in foster care waiting for somebody to come get you so I don't know and that's not me throwing off what he said I took what he said in consideration I understand like it's a different point of view that is true it's very valid so and then you know owning my own business and if you start a business 
you putting up all this money and you know what I'm saying you got to be there you have to be there to you know what I'm saying like nourish the business take care of the business that's your baby so how am I going to take care of this business that is, is something that I really want to do since something I've been wanting to do since 2009 2010 you know what I'm saying like and how is it that it's been since 2010? We're going into 2020. So this is 10 years of me not acting on what I needed to do because I'm financed. You know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong. I don't want nobody thinking like, oh, she got big money or anything like that. But I'm pretty much, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I don't have any kids. So I'm, I, I eat very well. It's not a big deal. But at the same time, it's like, um, is that what feeds your soul? Hmm. Um, but or, or not even feed yourself, but are you living your purpose? Are you living your purpose? And every time I, most of the time when I hear somebody, if I'm on YouTube and someone is a preacher talking about living your purpose or just a motivational speaker talking about living your purpose, I usually either listen to it or I cut it off because I'm not in the mood because I know I'm not doing nothing that I need to be doing to live in my purpose. So... And then if I'm in the military and then I got these kids trying to be humanitarian, you got to be there for the kids. You got to go to soccer games. You got to pick them up, drop them off. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can't just be like have kids and then not take care of them, not be there for them. Like, what the hell? But they should have just left them in foster care. So it's a lot of things that I think about. But I feel like if I just push forward and, you know, I feel like God's going to make a way and things are going to become very clear on whether or not I do stay in the military, get out the military, go reserves. People that don't know reserves, basically, I'll be going. I won't I won't be a full time military member I'll be part-time basically <laughs> so you know because I by the time I do get out I'll have a good time amount of time in there so I don't know if I want to give up that time you know what I'm saying or you know what I'm saying like I, I have a good chunk of time so I'm not sure if I want to continue that time and take it into retirement and reserve or active duty like I said I think God will make it clear when it when when I start pushing forward and then things will become clear to me on what actually I need to do in order to feed my soul because and people are like well why don't you just do what feeds your soul okay so let's check this out real quick before I joined the military I didn't have two nickels to rub together I was 24 I lived on my mom's couch I had just moved back from Colorado where I shot I shared an apartment with my cousin and I worked at Target and we split the rent and that didn't work out you know I can't really cohabitate with people I figured that out by myself. I can't have a roommate. Like I can't, co I can't cohabitate with people. I'm not that. I am a middle child. I'm just gonna go into a little story real quick. I'm a middle child. This is, and self analyzing and self reflection is like the best thing you could do. I'm a middle child, and I don't like to share. I don't like people in my space. I like to have my own space, because from from the from my left from my right there was somebody always there. I'm the middle child, so I want to be in my own space. So I can't cohabitate with people. Um, when I get married, it's going to be challenging. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, when I get married, I'll be fine. No, it's going to be challenging because this person is going to be in my face like all the time. And it's just like, well, like, can, can we get 50 feet? Like, can we get 50 feet? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I just, we'll see, like I said, we'll see how the Lord, but yeah, I'm a middle child. I don't like to share uh, all that jazz. Um, we shall see. How this goes. Well, I will. I don't want to say I don't like to share, but I can't have somebody in my space all the time. And I'm going to stand by that. I stand by what I said. I cannot, like, 
And that's why when I do get married, we got to have separate bathrooms. Because, yeah, we can share the same bed, but we can't share the same bathroom. I don't want somebody knocking on the door while I'm trying to, you know, get my hair together or something. No, you need to go down the hall somewhere. Like, I can't. I'm sorry. Call me what you want. But um, I just, there's a lot of things that I want to do. And basically finding my purpose. I, I don't think finding my purpose I know my purpose. Like I just explained to you guys about four different things that I'm trying to do. It's not about finding my purpose. It's about executing my purpose. And that's where I'm at right now. And I can't let another 10 years go by without executing my purpose. But I do believe, I can't say that I let 10 years go by because I feel like God was grooming me to get ready. Because at 2010, I was not ready. He was slowly getting me ready because I'm not the same person I was in 2010. I'm not the same person I was in 2014. I'm not the same person I was in 2017. So I'm constantly growing. So he had to get me ready to even have this have this thought process to have this conversation because I was on the wrong things. I was thinking about the wrong things, doing the wrong things. Like there was no way that he could be like one moment and just be like, oh, think about this or do this. No, I had to go through all these situations, had to go through all these scenarios to get to where I'm at right now. And people might think, oh, well, she don't want to do this. She don't want to do that. No, I want to be a humanitarian. I want to own my own business. I want to feed the homeless. I want to help people that are, you know what I'm saying? Help people, teenagers, speak to people, especially. No, I, I, even, I, I forgot one. I actually want to be a motivational speaker. I want to be a motivational speaker to females, to black females, ages 10 to 17. Because I feel like through my life experiences, through things that have happened to me and things that, you know, just any type of situation, I feel like I, I had that. I do. I want to be a motivational speaker. So I have a lot of <laughs> I have a lot of different things I want to do. So I want to be humanitarian. I want to freaking feed the homeless. I want to adopt children. I want to be in the military, whether active or reserve. And I want to be a motivational speaker to black black females ages 10 to 17. And I'm speaking that into existence right now. And maybe I'm under and I think when I say it, when I thought about it, because that's the first time I really said it out loud. I've said each one out loud, but never all of them together. It overwhelmed me. So now that I've said it out loud and this is what I want to do, I'm speaking into existence. And I'm just going to let it be what it is. Speaking it into existence. And it, however it turns out, because even if I go and I speak to one one classroom or one um, boys and girls uh, club or a YMCA that's still me being a motivational speaker. It's still. If I only adopt one one child, you know what I'm saying? I still did something I set out to do. If I go reserve, I'm still doing something that I wanted to do. I'm still giving my, myself space to do things that I want to do. So I do believe in basically living your purpose and Knowing what, so basically this whole episode is about living your purpose, happiness, and assessing your mili- your assessing your mental fortitude. Assessing your mental fortitude. Do you have the mental fortitude to push through ninety days? Do you have the mental fortitude to push through this toxicity that is trying to mess up your day, to try trying to bring you down? Or do I need to take care of myself? And exit stage left. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to pray on it. And I will keep you guys updated. 
on that situation, the toxic environment situation. I will keep you guys updated. But it like initially it had me down. It had me down because I was like, man, I don't know what the hell. Like, but if it like a um letting things letting letting and I talked about this with my therapist, right? And it's weird for me to say that because people are like, well, why are you why are you putting all your business out there? You got a therapist? Yes, I have a therapist. Um, I talked about this with my therapist. She was talking about controlling the things, understanding the things that you can control and understanding that you the things that you cannot control. So now that I, I at first I didn't understand the things that I can control in this toxic environment. We're going back to what I was talking about before because I had just had a thought. Um understanding now I understand since I've Spoken to the people that I need to speak to. I understand the things that I, the options that I have to control, the options that I have to take, the options I have to take in this environment. You know what I'm saying? Because basically, if the army tells me you're going to stay in this environment and it's XYZ, I can use different channels to get this, this situation resolved. But if I decide, like, I'm just not going to do what they tell me to do because you guys, you know what I'm saying? So I did. She was basically explaining to me, like, understand what you have control over and what you do not have control over, because it's going to make you feel a lot better. Because when you sit there and think like this cannot go this way, this has to go this way. Ultimately, I have control over going back into work or not, but I will be leaving the rest of my control to the people that are going to um, discipline me for not going back in there. So when I decide that I want to be in control over something that could cause me harm, I ultimately am going to lose control over the situation because then I'm going to be um, victim to, I don't want to say victim, but then I'm going to be put up to a disciplinary situation, if that makes sense. So um, when she first said this to me and I was like, bro, I don't care what you're talking about because you trying to send me back into this intoxic environment. Like, why would you do that to me? You know what I'm saying? But now that I look at it, like, I ha- I do have, first, basically, honestly, I understand what she was trying to say. To stay with, to stay, to keep my name clean, to keep my name out the mud, to keep me from getting any disciplinary action. She was trying to make me understand what I have control over and what I don't have control over. But honestly, I have control over the whole situation because if I decide I don't want to go to work and I decide I don't want to go in there, I, I am subject to disciplinary action, but at the same time, I had control for a while until disciplinary action kicks in. You know what I'm saying? So you ultimately do have control over everything, but you've got to be ready for the repercussions. So she she put it in a bubble where you have control of XYZ in order to keep your name clean, but or to keep you out of disciplinary action. But in my mind, and everybody and you know, to broaden the whole situation, I have control over everything. You know what I'm saying? I could just be like, nope, I ain't going back in there. Bunch of toxic folks in there. But is that going to serve me? Probably not. Is that going to try to ruin the time that I've done, whether I stay in or get out the military? Yeah, it's going to ruin my whole situation. And Last thing you need is a dishonorable, okay? Last thing you need is a dishonorable discharge because you ain't put me through all this drama. Ain't nobody put me through all this drama to come out with no dis- um, dishonorable discharge. Nope, nope, nope. When she when she exits this stage, it will be honorably, okay? I understand that. So, I just feel like, like, 
basically I'm sitting here making a salad and I was like, you know what? I got to get some stuff off my chest and I don't want to call anybody and talk to them. I just want to get it off my chest. So um, I, I decided to record a podcast episode. Um, like I said before, I appreciate everybody who's been listening. I am happy with the amount of uh, mo- momentum that I've been getting on Black Girl Coffee Shop podcast. Um, I'm hoping to have another interview soon, but um, thank you to everybody who's been listening. And this concludes this episode of Black Girl Coffee Shop, where we sip coffee and not tea later. Thank <laughs> you.